What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sons of Legends. It's your boy, Art Dog, here with your homeboy, MJ Gunner. Oh, we're past the day to get faith, but it's time to put another episode in the banks. How's it going, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? Okay, now that one I'll give you. Oh, yeah. That one I'll, I'll give you, you. Art, my intros get better every single week. <laughs> you don't you want to believe me. say so. But y'all know what it is. We review Raw SmackDown NXT. And of course, we got a special guest on the line. Anthony, say what's up to the people. So what's going on, fellas? You know what it is, man. We're going to get into this thing. We're going to dive in head first. And um, so first off, what did you think about how Raw started? Raw started off with uh, Baron Corbin had everybody Mm -hmm. surrounded the ring, basically. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about how great they did at Survivor Series and whatnot. And then here comes Braun Strowman. Oh, yeah, man. Well, you know, I figured they were going to roll with that storyline because that's what they've been pushing, especially off that Survivor Series sweep. You knew that Corbin would be bragging and trying to get those rights, you know, to the GM position. So it didn't surprise me that they began with that. Um, But it did surprise me a little bit. They took out Strowman. Now, I I don't know if it's a work or not, but the arm is injured. Y'all hear that? That's what I hear. I hear he needed elbow surgery or something, so he'll be out till TLC. At least until TLC. Yeah, at least till TLC. But it did look, it it made them look strong. It did. He did his job, and if he really is injured, then props to him for taking that. Yeah, if he yeah re- I, I agree with that. And Corbin surprised me a little bit because typically they can have somebody weasel out of that, you know, run from He kind of came straight at him. I mean, stood toe-to-toe with him, was mouthing him even in the ring. So it's kind of a surprise move from a heel like that. But uh, Cor- Corbin stands tall, so that's what we got. Right, so mm-hmm. for the people that didn't see it or don't know, uh, Stephanie had made a match, a three-on-three elimination-style yep. match with Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre against... It was Finn Balor, Braun Strowman, and Elias. By the way... The the newly face Elias. I I love face Elias. Me too. I love heel Elias, but I like face Elias too. But guys, I think we're burying the lead here. Okay. So they they make the elimination style match. Finn Balor gets eliminated first. Mm. Then... Uh, Elias gets eliminated, and it leaves Braun Strowman by himself with Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, and Bobby Lashley. By the way, these Terminator glasses that Bobby Lashley are wearing <laughs> are getting on my nerves. Yeah, that and the headbands he, he keeps wearing, too. He's always got his headband on. But, yeah, they uh, they brutally assault him with chairs and stairs. They take out his arm and... Strowman leaves in an ambulance. Woo, when he turned around into that Claymore on the outside. Back attire, man. I keep that telling you. That was a nice Claymore. They set him up for that. Um, but, you know, they booked Strowman strong. I had a feeling they were going to run those eliminations down to push him that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, it ends in a no contest. Cause after McIntyre gets eliminated, he doesn't leave the ringside. So we saw that one coming. Yeah. Yep. After after he got eliminated, he just started wailing away. See, I thought that he was going to wail away on Braun Strowman and let them get the pin. But they didn't care about pinning him. This wasn't even about a match no, no, we at all. we here to hurt you, my friend. We're here to hurt you. But anyway, I think we should talk about the match that's going to be happening at TLC. Strowman, Corbin, TLC match. <laughs> if uh, Strowman wins, he gets Lesnar again at the Royal Rumble. But if Corbin wins, he gets full-time general manager on here on Raw. So what do you guys think would benefit more? Corbin being the permanent general manager or having another match between Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar? Guess first. Go ahead. 
Man, the way they roll with these GMs sometimes, I think that Corbin's little tenure here is a, a half the time in-ring competitor, half the time GM's going to come to an end. I don't think he needs that GM spot as much as they'd like to push another monster versus monster match uh, come Rumble time. So my prediction would be without shenanigans, it'd be Strowman going over. I would like to see Corbin go over only because I do not want to see Lesnar and Strowman again. That match is kind of dead for me, especially after the last one. But it's probably going to be Strowman winning and then Corbin and then uh, Corbin falls from general manager and then we get Lesnar and Strowman again. You guys aren't logically thinking. Oh, well, what's if, logic? If logic says that Braun Strowman is really hurt and mm-hmm. he's not going to be 100% by TLC then they have to go with Baron Corbin and making him you the know, pre- you, you got a point there. You got a point there. True that. If, if, if Braun Strowman won't be able to go, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Then they have to go with Baron. And making Baron Corbin the permanent general manager, I mean, it doesn't do anything for his wrestling career, mm-hmm. but it he, he's been a bigger star since he's been the GM. And he is a very effective heel. I think Anthony over there can attest that I actually like heels sometimes, but you know you're a good heel whenever even I can't stand you. Like, oh, right. and, and like you, I prefer the heels, too. He does get the heat. And yes, ever since he got that mic in his hand, it's yeah. kind of up to his career a bit. But what do they do? Put him over by default or give him another opponent? Uh, That's if Braun can't go. Right. That's the thing. Uh, him being permanent general manager doesn't stop his in-ring stuff. Uh that's true. It hasn't stopped it yet. He's still in the ring, so. Mm-hmm. Boom. And you can't have a permanent general manager putting himself in championships matches like he does. He does. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, uh, logically speaking, I would pick Baron Corbin. As a fan, I would want it to be Braun Strowman. I just want to see right. Braun Strowman rough him up a little bit, but. Well, he's going to no, do that of, anyway. I'm with you, yeah. Gunner, in the fact that I'm not really in a hurry to see. Of uh, Lesnar and Strowman again uh, go at it in one of those types of matches, but yeah. my faith in WWE booking sometimes got me in a, that, that might be precisely what they're trying to do. So, well, who, it who seems sometimes like they, they fool us. Sometimes they give it to us on the silver platter. You know? mm-hmm. It seems like Brock Lesnar has a lot of creative control because he gets to sh- pick how the matches go and who he's fighting. Well, I just wish he picked somebody else then, because. Just having Strowman in that universal title picture, it, it's really kind of whack at this point. It really is. Like, let's see some recent, other people get shots history. at him, I think. Yeah, recent history showing Lesnar having better matches with the smaller, you know, uh, guys with the technical ability than he is with the bigger guys. Oh, yeah. Screw that. Daniel Bryan showed us that. You know? Both his matches with AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, uh, not to mention Seth Rollins and John Cena. Yeah. Like, those matches right. were incredible. But... The bigger guys, I would say, the only big guy that really worked them well was Samoa Joe. I mean, Roman did, Roman did kind of did his thing with Roman's him, matches were terrible with Brock. It was just spear <laughs> after F5, after Superman punch, after spear, after F5 with a German suplex mixed in. I like it. It was all signatures and finishers. <laughs> that so. is it. That's all Roman and Brock matches were. You can even look at the last one. The last one that they had for the Universal title when Roman actually won, when Braun Strowman threatened to cash in money in the bank, mm-hmm. 
even that one was nothing but signatures and finishes the whole way through. But I remember that one, Art. Like, that one had the, you know, the real fight feel to it, you know? No, it didn't. It you know, did. You know what really made me mad about that match? The fact that Braun Strowman took more shots in that match than both of those guys. <laughs> right. I, I was disappointed in that Hell in a Cell outing. Of course, that's where Brock made his glorious return to kind of interrupt that thing. Yeah. Which didn't that, <coughs> didn't that cost Braun his briefcase? That was his cash-in. That was his cash-in. It did. That yeah. was his cash-in. And who's ever known for um, uh, Hell in a Cell to just end? Yeah, right. he should have got a different referee out no there. No three count. No, there is no disqualification or count out or any of that. But it just ends. Yeah, it just ended. That was so weird, weird. to me. Yeah. Not only that, they left Drew and and uh, Dean on top of the cage. <laughs> oh man, that was funny. <laughs> he just left him up there. Uh, anyway, speaking time. of Thanks, Dean w. Ambrose, let's go ahead and get into him yeah. and Seth Rollins. Dean Ambrose and his famous "What is that smell?" promo. Uh, well, I cannot be the only person here that liked Dean Ambrose more when he wasn't talking. Because I think that uh, he had the whole heel, I don't got to say nothing, I'm no, just going to come out no, there and do it. No. I think that he as had that can, going for him. Man, as, as you can recall, when Dean Ambrose, was, he started the talking for the Shield. Yeah. Every time they were cutting promos in the back, he was the one front line and center doing the talking. I don't like his. Yes. I didn't like that promo last week, Art. It was it was what well, smell? Well, say was that all. because what we know, say that because we know that Dean Ambrose is a great heel. We yeah, all thought he was the leader. That's a true story. Yeah, and you're right. He yeah. was front and center with the seal. He had that U.S. belt first. He had the he mic was. first. They always had him right there in the middle, yeah, and he we, kicked them off. We thought he was he the was leader. Effective coming out with those strong, silent tight, you know. Like like but they weren't going to keep the mic out of his hand forever. But that's yeah. cheap heat when you go to insulting the crowd. But they still do that, even with the top stars. Brian, Deadline, SmackDown. Well, you know, a lot, about their fans, you know? <laughs> a lot of a lot of words and stuff are banned from WWE. You know, title. Yeah. I mean, well, belt and yeah. strap and stuff like oh, all that right. stuff. You can't say certain words, so you got to learn how to work with what you got. Okay, but mm-hmm. my question is: Do you think that? Heel Dean and Face Seth's gonna be better than Heel Seth and Face Dean were, because you remember that feud was pretty lit back in the day. Yeah, it was. A couple years ago, it was. I, they did Hell in a the Cell. They did. They? they did. Yeah. So do you think it's gonna be better than that feud? Because I don't think so. I don't know if it's going to top that. I think it can still be effective just because the two performers in the ring, so no matter who's playing face, mm-hmm. who's playing heel, we should get a good match out of them. But the one thing I'm a little bit tired of is all of the segments being devoted to a single storyline. Yes, it is one of their bigger storylines, but do you really need to give them four, five, six different camera shots after the commercial break, before the commercial break? Build into that? Is that too much? Is that overkill? Yeah, I, I think I think it might be overkill. I think I mean, so, too. I, I think that, because to me, it seems like they're replaying the when DX was looking for Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. You know, they were all searching in the back and everything. It seems like that storyline is replaying yeah. for me because they borrow from the past. That's true. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean, you could. They're going to recycle things because obviously, at this point, 2018, probably everything's been done. Yeah. 
And let's right. not uh, forget to give credit to that security guard that got in the Seth Rollins face this week. You guys remember that? <laughs> that was, well, I don't that know. Was you, you know my face. Guys go quietly. I've never seen that one before. <laughs> and, then, and then Rollins starts wailing on him. I, I thought think, that was hilarious. Yeah, I think they need more of that. I think they need more of the security guards standing up for themselves. How yeah. come the security guards never win? I don't know. Like, how come out there, nowadays they're like all punching bags Ronda Rousey or something? Like, she's tearing <laughs> through those guys left and right. I'm just saying. Right. I've never yeah. seen one. I've seen back in the day, uh, uh, security guards used to win. They used <laughs> to carry them off in cuffs. <laughs> but honestly, though, I think that uh, giving that security guard a little bit of spotlight, you know, I thought it brought a little bit of entertainment to that segment. They need a, a lot more entertainment parts and less kind of serious stuff because they're rolling with the serious thing too much and it's not being entertaining it's being dramatic right you know what i mean that's true not not every feud can be a blood feud and even like one one like this where they break it down between friends there's still room for entertainment it was serious back in the day between angle and uh you know stone cold and rock and all that Mm -hmm. but still they could fit in the milk truck or the beer truck, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. The entertainment factor. Even with Trip and Stephanie, I mean, Trip, Stephanie, and uh, Angle fighting over each other, you know what I'm saying? He's my friend. Right. That's my husband. Like, But they still had a lot of entertaining aspects. And let's not forget, Kirk got his ass pedigreed for real. <laughs> <laughs> Good point, my friend. Good point. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that, I think if... If they do more entertaining things with this, it would be more exciting. Because remember, in the last time that they feuded, Dean was coming out with the hot dog cart yeah, and spraying people with ketchup and mustard and, yeah. you know, showing up in awkward places, eating popcorn. Yeah. That's right. Sometimes I get sick of that kind of stuff, but other times it does serve its purpose. And so, yeah, I agree with you on that one for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that was the burn it down on the door was pointless. Just got to say that. <laughs> you know what? Just, yeah, more antagonizing. Just more. Even the punch in the security guard was meant to convey how serious Rollins is to us. Well, we know that already, you know. And, of course, Rhonda comes out after her beating. Oh, yeah. And I actually really like this promo of hers. She goes out there. He's talking about how champions got to fight and how she can't pick and choose. I really, really... She's starting to get there as a promo artist, and I'm really enjoying it. I well, told you Nikki yes. Bella was going to put her on Thank another you. level. Art. But what I might, what I would not, what I did not enjoy last uh, Monday was listening to all the freaking Becky chants in the crowd. Like, don't get me wrong. I am the, I am a, I am an original member of Becky Lynch's fan club. But come on now. She's not, this is not the Becky show. But see, that's the thing. Oh, it annoys the hell that's out of me. That's one of the things, Gunner. When you, when you get, uh, the fickle fan base to love you. I don't like those kind of fans. It's really over for you. Like the New Day, when they got the fickle fan base to like them. Because remember, everybody hated them. Yep, they did. Everybody oh. hated them. Oh, then, yeah, they want to be a cereal box. That changes the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm... But yeah, they were cheering for Becky on Raw and for SmackDown. I hope I don't start to no, hear it on every, NXT too. Every time... Considering, you know... Every time Ronda appears. Every time there's a woman promo artist, really, it's, it's the Becky chance. I mean, that's, that's true. Becky it, is it over, over, Matt. 
Get yeah, over it. She's Daniel Bryan over. Don't say that. Please do not <laughs> tell me that. Because I liked Daniel Bryan before the Yes Move it, and then they ruined it for me, and I really hope this does not happen. Please. I Give it think, a rest, I fellas. Think, I, I, I hope they keep rolling with the way they are with Becky. Almost like that Austin 316 just whooped your ass. Something about her turning heel in that moment made people love her. And it's working right now, so it's I hope they do not water it down. But back to the Rousey promo for a minute. Yeah. I had a feeling after that beating from Charlotte, they were going to come out and give her that superwoman-type feel. I, I'm still here. I'm a fighting champion. Because when those booms started to rain down, they're trying to control that environment again. Same thing they did with the Reigns. They don't want her to be booed. So to bring her out and put her in that kind of a light, it was a strong promo, but yet you kind of could see that one coming, too. Uh, the brass want you to cheer her. So she took the beating, but here she is. She's tough. She's going to stand. She's going to fight. You think it had that effect? Did it get people back on her side? Are they going to continue to kind of give her that mixed reaction? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think this was this was coming. This was a long time coming. Once people saw her get beat up, the you know the nostalgia is gone. It's exactly how it was in MMA. In MMA, the first time she lost, people were like, "Oh, it's over for her." It's over. Oh, right, they jump ship quick. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's how these people are. Like when you get when you have this undefeated type thing, like Goldberg. Yeah, and then Goldberg loses the match, and then all his uh-huh. momentum just plummets. Oscar. Right. Yes, Oscar. Oscar's a more recent, a more recent Oscar example. was undefeated for years. Losing uh-huh. one match, and it's flat the line. moment she lost to Charlotte, she started losing to everyone. I'm still a bit perplexed by that whole booking decision. I just don't understand how it serves her or the, you know, the bigger picture. But I don't. I don't either. Put other people over. Now victories over her are no more over now. The only thing it's only one thing that's saving Ronda right now. She hasn't been pinned yet. Yeah. Because she's been beat up. I mean, it's gonna happen eventually. Now you beat her up. A lot of people, Charlotte yeah, beat the hell people, out of her. People are giving her beatings. And, you know, that pinfall is going to happen eventually. So what's going to happen? Are we just going to take her off TV then? I don't have a clue, dude. I mean, I think that even if she does get pinned, I think she should rock with this. And I think that she said, yeah, I got knocked back down, but I'm getting back up. It's because I'm going to work harder. I'm going to train better. And I'm going to come back from this. And I'm going to make sure that this doesn't happen and so often. And the WWE should make her lose again. Exactly. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. As it long was as two losses. Her into a comedy act will be all right. She's a tough yeah. one. They should book her as such. Yeah. It was two losses that made her leave the first time in MMA. It was two losses that made her leave judo. I guess what you're saying is she does not have the best track record with losses. No. It's, it's as soon as she loses, the nostalgia's gone. Everybody's like, it's over for her. Are the WWE fans going to do that too? I mean, we got to we gotta understand that those things, you just said that those aren't predetermined. This is predetermined over here. Yeah, I you get know? that. This I understand a- that. But people think this is, I mean, it works the same way any other yeah, sport it does. works. It does. I understand what you're saying. If it's the just- Golden State Warriors go all the way to the finals every year, and then they lose. People are like, oh, it's over for them. We got a new squad. Right, a bunch right. of bandwagoners. I can't stand it. That's just how it is. So the only way to save Ronda Rousey for a long term, but we don't even know if she's going to be here long term. Yeah, because you saw that story about her. 
Yeah, about they how said she her says ghost that died. she couldn't do this forever. Oh yeah, already talking about life after wrestling. She just got here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, boom, two and done. Move I don't on. know. I I would like to see. She's finally starting to win me over. I'm finally starting to warm up to her. Oh. And now this is going to happen. Now, you know, <laughs> I'm the biggest Ronda Rousey fan on the planet. I've yeah, been following her forever. But know. she's known for two and done. Well, I think that she should work on that thing. You know, because you can't just quit things in life because you she get beat a couple yet. times. You know? She hasn't lost yet. No, I think she should. If she doesn't want to do this forever, I think she should do it the same way she did in MMA and the same way she did in do- judo. You lose two matches in a row, and you're done. That would just make her a quitter of the art. Is that what she uh, is? No. I mean, we'll see, we'll see how they book her. I think if they keep cutting the check, she at least makes it to WrestleMania. They're going to they're gonna build towards a Rousey in that spotlight for Mania. you got to believe. Yeah. She's got to want to. Well, she's wrestled at Mania. She just hasn't wrestled high on the card yet. Yeah. And she's, right. And that's like anybody's goal for wrestling mm-hmm. is you gotta you gotta you want a main event of wrestlemania it doesn't even matter about the belt really you just want a main event the biggest show ever yeah i get it so but before we I start hope talking it goes. about raw though uh, smack now no i was saying can we talk about how uh gable and uh rude upset alp this week like we might have a couple new contenders for the tag titles are i don't like this team. Which team? Gable and Rude. Why not? I mean, those are two pretty good tag team wrestlers. I am high on Chad Gable. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. It feels like he's the one that's getting all the spotlight anyway from this. Yeah, you know, they are kind of there. I think they are kind of going with the younger guy and the more fresh face. I understand this, but I I think that this team is a pretty good throw-together team, you know. Gable's a former tag team champion. If you follow Bobby Roode in Rude, TNA, he's money. a tag team expert, uh, yeah. AMW, they, him and Austin Aries. Everything that, that man touches turns to tag team gold. And I think mm-hmm. this is Bobby Roode. They both have success in the Bobby, division, and I appreciate them both individually. I, too, kind of felt like this one was thrown together, which I can deal with. But roll mm-hmm. up victories over the tag champs who just got the belts, I wasn't digging that. And they beat the bar. They did. They just, they did just beat the bar. And then Gable and Rue couldn't even win the uh, elim- the match for them at Survivor Series. Well, they got eliminated know. by the Usos with everybody else. Everybody knows, Art, when it's tag team wrestling, nobody steps on the Usos' shoes. Nobody. <laughs> That's true. They are the but greatest. Yeah, it's still kind of inconsistent. And for, maybe I'm biased because I've wanted AOP to be booked as those monsters like they were in NXT and they've had some struggles and then the mm-hmm. pairing with Drake Maverick and peed his pants and now that's the butt of the jokes. Is that really what you want to know for? <laughs> AOPP. <laughs> yeah, but I think I, I read an article that Chris Jericho said that I think he's got a point. Why would those two listen to this guy? Like, he's like when they were in NXT, they had Paul Ellering in their corner. A manager who's managed tag teams to tag team gold. I mean, he's made as one of the best tag teams of all times. You know, why would they listen to him? They have no real reason to listen to Drake Maverick. Right. Once you once you get the per- people that manage the Legion of Doom, you don't go anywhere else. Exactly. Especially now with that. Yeah. I didn't understand dropping him and then picking up another manager. If you're going to drop a manager just to not have one, that's cool. But don't replace Ellering with Maverick. Yeah. 
Alright, uh, SmackDown? All day. You know that's my joint. Yep. I love everything that Charlotte did. Oh, Lord, of course you do. You know, she deserved that <laughs> fine, big time. She, she, she should have fined her more. Dang, you can't just put your hands on referees, Art. You wanted this, though. I did not want this. You wanted heel Charlotte. When did I say that? Every single... <laughs> Becky Lynch should not be the heel. Well, it should be Becky facing the Charlotte heel, not both of them heels. No. That's this not what I was looking for. That's what you wanted. You wanted Charlotte as a heel. But I, I think that was more of me wanting Becky to be faced. I don't even think this is a heel Charlotte, actually, to I be think honest. It is. I think she's got a screw loose up there nowadays. Think so. <laughs> they're messing with a lot of that in-between type stuff where it could go either way, but I hate, I, I wouldn't want to see her riding on Becky's coattails, so Becky has some success in that department, so they're going to turn Charlotte and have her follow suit. No, one see, or the other, but who, also, also, since when do they find people for putting their hands on the ref? Refs get beat up all the time. I don't see flyers coming to hell. She's a flair. You can't beat up the referees. <laughs> they say it all the time in all ages or something. Every time every time they used to put their hands on the referees, Steve Carino would go up. That's going to cost them some money. And remember that, right? Yeah, Steve I remember Carino, all the that? fines. <laughs> <laughs> I remember all the fines. But yeah. um, I think that this isn't really a heel turn. I think it's just them trying to show that, that Charlotte's going to beat up people for what happened to Becky. That's what it sounded like when she was on the mic. So it makes no sense. Because they didn't the, like each the main other. thing that she said to me was, Beck, uh, Becky told me to give Rhonda the beating that she would have gave her. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Right. They are kind of living vicariously through Charlotte. Plus, if it was the full heel turn, wouldn't she have to take out somebody other than the Iconics? Maybe a face demon? And the know, Iconics the are right heels. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I understand what you're saying, O.R. I wasn't very happy that they got beat up either, but I understand what you're saying. Well, they came out talking shit. Yeah, we, <laughs> we all saw it. So, that's what happens when you talk shit. You get punched in the mouth. Speaking right, of punching people in right the now, face, yeah. should we talk about Daniel Bryan's new heel thing he's got going on? If it really is I, a heel thing. I think it is. He literally told us to screw off, Art. No. How is that not a heel thing? No, he was. He, he did do the whole, you know, I don't need you people, which is just the, the you know, the he custom made. He called you us know, idiots and everything, Art. I'm pretty, pretty sure that's a heel turn. I don't think you guys were listening. <laughs> I, was li- I was listening. I was listening. I heard him call. I heard him. To me, it sounded more like he was like, as soon as I couldn't wrestle, a lot of these people were like, fuck it. I mean, it was that. It was mm-hmm. that. He did offer it up an explanation. He was like, it was, it was a select us. few people. Totally he, for us. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he said it was a select few people. He called out, like, Bree, and, you know, mm-hmm. he's always going to call out Bree. Of course he does. And, uh, you know, he was like, it was a few people that told me to keep fighting, but everybody else says just, you know, just be a general manager. Just settle into that. And then he also <laughs> says how we moved on and how everybody's chanting AJ Styles now. It's like... He's saying that we moved on past him. He's like, all right, fine. I'm not going to try anymore to please all you guys. He literally said the dead, the yes move is dead, Art. Yeah, good. Me too. I, I never liked the yes move. But yes, I hope it is dead. I got a yes t-shirt, but still, I like Daniel Bryan. I don't like the yes thing. Yeah, it's wait, more. It's just like the what thing. Way to, way to steal what I was about to say, Art. Thank you. 
<laughs> you know my yeah, feelings I, about I, I that. Do, I do like this version of, of Brian, though. I didn't mind the other one either, but I don't mind the heel of Brian. But it did feel a bit heel Sour grapes, bitterness. You all mm-hmm. turned your back on me, so now this. Mm-hmm. Now I win matches by low-blown people. Or right. beating people after the match kind of thing. Those are definitely heel tactics, but... I don't know long term what the booking is because the people love them. Yeah, the, the thing is, is like, turn just and come back to face later on. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think the yes and no thing was really what made Daniel Bryan like that. You know what I'm saying? People got like to say yes or whatever because everybody attaches to a one word thing. Panda, 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 panda. Mm-hmm. Everybody <laughs> attaches to one word, you know. But I think it's Daniel Bryan's in ring ability. That real because his matches are exciting. I I think right. it's more the the charisma that he has, you know. Because when he's trying, he's actually very entertaining on the microphone. Yeah, like, believe he, me, he's had you know the what the thing with him, Kane, and Doctor Shelby. Yeah. They can never redo that again. They tried. Yeah, but they just couldn't do it. It'll yeah, never that work. That was a fail. That was a fail on the retry. But yeah, the Brian and Kalen was good. I like anybody who tells a good story, and one thing Brian has always been to me is believable. Yeah, he's very believable at whatever it is. And, like, you got to love somebody that hawks up in the ring. Actually, I don't uh, yeah. have to. Yeah. yeah. You got to love a good hawk up. I hear this thing. <laughs> That comeback moment in the ring is like none other. That's the thing that really gets me with him is when he gets like a hot tag or a comeback moment, it's always exciting and on point. Always. That's true. Even, even if we've seen the moveset a couple times, it still works. Right. When he, you know, we all know the the, the moveset. The backflip right. off the top rope, run to the turnbuckle, duck the clothesline, you know, duck, hit the clothesline, mm-hmm. and then hawk up. Yeah. And then it's the yes kicks. <laughs> you know, we know the combination, but every time you just see the crowd go, oh, it's on now. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's it. what he does that I don't know if the WWE is going to be able to make him a, a heel heel. People they like try. him too much. People love Daniel Bryan. I, I can understand why, as you said, it's the charisma. It's the end ring work. Well, as I said, it's charisma. But, you know, I get it. I just wish that people weren't so annoying about it. Like, that's what really got me with the yes movement. That's what wrestling fans are. It's not the Daniel Bryan show. It's like literally anybody who's not Daniel Bryan, they're just garbage in their eyes back then in the yes movement. And it just irritated me. Yeah, I mean it's gonna irritate you because wrestling fans are irritating. A lot of them are. At point, at times, I believe so. We'll get into some of that later. Yep. Okay, well, let's talk about Randy Orton and this smooth RKO from that Ooh, sliding position. Did y'all see that? <laughs> Ray sliding out underneath the ropes. Randy's on the outside, and then bam, RKO. I, I, that one. Finally, he surpassed Diamond Dallas Page. I really wanted to say it was the one on Evan Bourne with Mm -hmm. the shooting star. But, you know, Diamond Dallas Page had so many variations of it. But this one, I think he passed DDP. I mean, it's not every day you get a memorable RKO like that. Like, there was a Rollins curb stomp one. Yes. There was the... the, That was a WrestleMania moment. Yes, And there was was the Bourne shooting star press one. And now I think people will start talking about this one. You know, the one he just did on Rey Mysterio. This that one. was definitely the highlight of the show. And then the timing for that, I mean, it wasn't coming off the top. I mean, he was coming off the apron, so literally seconds, but when he caught him. Yeah, he mm-hmm. is Impressive. the master of the cutter. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm I saying it. it That's it. I gave it to him. He is the. I've seen. You can you can watch millions of people use this move. We've watched thousands of wrestlers use this same move. Mm-hmm. Jay Lethal, Diamond Dallas Page, Bubba Ray Dudley, Bubba had a good Dudley, one. Uh, Carl Anderson. Carl Anderson, he uses that. Uh, like there are a lot of people that use this cutter, but Randy is probably the master. Mm-hmm. Like I've I watched, I don't disagree. Yo. That home video of him catching his son jumping out of the pool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love him. Yeah, it's become the stuff of legends. Yeah, it really has. And he's a legend killer, but I mean, he's made a name off the RKO. Everybody knows the RKO. Everybody looks for it and looks for it out of nowhere, and that's you know. It's, it's, it it's on the level of the Sweet Chin music. All right, now, how we feel about him ripping off Ray's mask, though? Like, Okay, now, I'm going to say regular fans are going to be like, to, you know, they're going to be like, oh, he took his mask off. That's so despicable, blah, blah, blah. The ones who've been watching for years and years are going to be like, are they going to let Ray wrestle without the mask? Again? Right. I mean, we've seen it before back in the Niger days. He lost the mask. So, yeah, mm-hmm. for those of us that are watching for a minute, no big deal. I understand the ripping of the luchador mask, the ultimate sign of disrespect, but that's been his whole M.O. lately, taking mm-hmm. these people out. You know, what he did to Harding with the screwdriver yeah. in the ear and stuff like that, he's trying to up his heel game even more dastardly and despicable, um, you know, than before. So, is Randy ready for the title picture? I think so. I don't know why he's not there right now. Like, Randy is, if you think about it, he's one of the most effective heels on the roster right now. Like, I think he's re- regenerated himself, and I don't understand why they're not showcasing that more. That's true, and that can be hard to do, especially for those people who turn as often as, like, a big show or an organ where half the year, the mm. face half the year, he could be a little tired, but he's actually making it work. And I don't know if it's these acts of, you know, such as rip- ripping the mask that's working, but it is working, so they they need to find a way to slide him in there somewhere because the man's out here. Mm-hmm. He definitely is. I mean, he's Randy Orton, man. He's been there fourteen times. I mean, the last person to come back from obscurity and have a great, great run would be Chris Jericho back in the w, uh, back in like 2016. The list did everything. Yeah. He did. I think he's doing. I think he's doing what Chris Jericho did. Making a comeback. Well, we got to say that Randy's really never left. Yeah, but he did kind of get... I thought he was going to transition into that part-timer's role. You know, they kind of pushed him down the car. Let's let's not forget the run that he just had with Bray Wyatt. Yeah, he was there. He did that. Yeah, yeah. They were a dominant force for a minute. Yeah, he was WWE champion He won the Royal Rumble. Yeah, he was WWE champion. I understand, Art. That's what I'm saying. He pushed Jinder Mahal. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says. I thought those were good batches. He pushed Jinder Mahal. Like, Jinder Mahal. And those were good matches. <laughs> I would say, I'm saying that right now, that those were good matches. They I were thought right. that those were pretty I mean, good. Randy did what he could for Jinder Mahal, mm-hmm. which made him a star. Yeah. Let me, let me just put that on, say that. I mean... And yeah, I don't disagree. Gender versus anybody else in that role, it may not have went over the same. I give Orton a lot of credit for that. Not mm-hmm. that gender's incapable, but I mean, right. it, I that mean, was a lot of Orton. I mean, look at him now. Orton made the matches entertaining by giving you moments with the Singh brothers. Yeah, it was funny watching them, watching them beat on those guys. <laughs> and 
Orton is one of those guys that I think if you put him in the fa- in the ring with a face, he can put him over really, really good. Mm-hmm. If you put him in the ring with a heel, you know he can put him over. Put him over really, really good. No matter oh, what. Mark is a good performer, and he's definitely got it. Yeah. But he's been doing it long enough; he should have. Yeah, is one of the greatest, I would say, at least going right now. At least right now. Mm-hmm. Like, he's probably the veteran right now. Yeah. So, who who else to build Rey Mysterio's face character to back, back to what it was than Randy Orton? That's what he did for Jeff Hardy. You know, I wasn't here for the Jeff Hardy show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Orton did that when he started doing the thing with the ear. Oh, I still get nightmares. I, I was unreal. So, it's and and he main evented this week. So, mm-hmm. yep. that's true. Walking out main event spotlight. So he's putting in the work. Hopefully they reward it sooner rather than later. But again, you got Brian occupying that spot now. You got Joe on that roster. AJ's getting his rematch. So hopefully they find a spot for him in his constant, constant you know, enhancement matches or filler matches or anything like that. Hopefully they don't do that. Now, mm-hmm. the one thing that I would like for SmackDown to do while we're on SmackDown, I want them to take their tag team division more seriously. How do they not take it seriously, Art? They they have the best tag team division by a mile. It's yeah. certainly superior to Raw. Yeah, like, it's, it's definitely superior, but I would have rather seen two tag matches instead of seeing one turkey match. It's Thanksgiving, uh, yes. you know they gotta be the giving stuff. It's Thanksgiving. <laughs> I get they it. Had a, they I had get a, it. And who better than the New Day? The New Day in the bar. Like you wouldn't see this kind of stuff. It actually was a good match. Yeah, I mean you wouldn't see this stuff any other day of the year, but they had to play it up a little light to, to, for Thanksgiving, I think. They well, always break out the, the shenanigans on Thanksgiving shows. Yeah. Yeah. All There's right. Well, I'll, I'll accept it this week. I'll accept it. Yeah. Last year they had the food fight. Yeah, they're fa- kind of famous for food fights on Thanksgiving. Us, by down. the way, there are a couple people that I'm missing right now. I really miss Kevin Owens. I really miss Sami Zayn. Yeah, they're both injured. Aren't they? they'll be oh, out yeah. till the least to the beginning of next yeah, year. I mean, they're if not longer than that. Just shout out to everybody on the injured list. Yeah, we miss you. Guys. We <laughs> miss you guys. Right, hurry back, y'all. Yeah, we miss you guys. All right, uh, NXT was really just a recap show, except they had uh, Lars Sullivan come out and destroy some guy. Yep. And they had uh, Nikki Cross surprisingly in the main event against Candice LeRae. I don't understand why you're so surprised by that art. Apparently, she's not going anywhere. Well, we thought that. Her being brought out to fight Becky Lynch on SmackDown yeah. was going to be a call-up. And can you believe that we actually didn't talk about that that week? I don't think we did. Like, I I remember watching, I remember looking back after the show and like, shoot, we forgot Nikki Cross. <laughs> well, she's forgettable <laughs> we for me. We didn't cover that. <laughs> she's a little she, bit uh, forgettable. That, well, I, I like that they did feature them in the main event, though. And then out of Candice LeRae, we got a nice little uh, extended moveset. And that Avalanche German suit collection. Yeah. That's just beautiful. Yeah, that was beautiful from the corner of second middle rope or whatever. Mm-hmm. She hit her with the German suplex. Uh, that was great. Uh, she kind of had a heel aspect to her in this match a little bit, using the Gargano escape, yelling at her. 
and pushing her and slapping her and stuff. But of course, Nikki Cross gets put over. Like I expected her to come out there in that dark attire. Like did you say that she was, had that? Yeah, she had that one when she was uh, coming out against Allison Black. She had like dark lipstick yeah. and dark. And this week she's back to cupcakes on her ring gear and all the smiling and all the other stuff. I think she was kind of trying to do it ironically like Johnny did. Yeah, like she's still a face. Yeah. No matter what. <laughs> she's the hero. Right. Yeah. No matter right, what right. you guys think. But uh, uh, The one good thing coming out of that show, because Lee squashed what Fidel Bravo, who was very comical with his antics, even if it is chewing the squash, but then Lars comes out and squashes his in less than one minute. But then we get the Lee-Lars class. I was going to say, Keith Lee was also on this episode, Art. Yeah. And then they came out and they Keith Lee gives them the pounce. And then next week is going to be Lars and Lee. And it it seems like because Lars was saying that he's ready for a title shot. And if if you guys don't believe that he's going to demolish everybody until then. And he starts, you know, picks this guy, which I was not a fan of the freak accident. I love that move. But now I really like this high angle rock bottom. Like he does that so well. It's that it doesn't really look like it's supposed to be, you know, a pretty move, but it is. Like watching him do it is it's it can be beautiful at times. Yeah, sometimes. It re- he really can lay that cuz like I really took notice when he did it on Velveteen Dream. Yeah. Yeah, and he does it really, really well, and I like that. And then uh, he gets the demolishing this guy again, and Keith <laughs> Lee runs out. Yeah, I hope I get to see more from Keith Lee. You know, I understand he's a big name, and I know he can move quickly for a guy his size. I just haven't got to see a lot of him yet. So what do you think of that AA jackhammer? I think that's pretty cool. I like his finisher. Yeah, and you know he's pretty agile for a big guy. As I said, you know I like him. I just I just hope I get to see more of him. So, you know, show well, me more. Well, I was what watching him do. when he was in Ring of Honor when yeah. it was him and Shane Taylor were teaming together, mm-hmm. and um, I mean he's he's good, but I mean Lars Sullivan right now is getting the push. I hope I so. I really don't like that Keith Lee is going against him because. Either it's going to end in a DQ or interference or something, or something's got to give because both of them are on the rise, and it'd be stupid to have one of their rises stop. Mm -hmm. I I don't disagree with that. And Lee, so far, maybe it's been the slow burn, you know, a lot of the smiles, a lot of the charisma and stuff like that. Something like this, but yes, if somebody wins, ultimately somebody loses. So, yes, we want to see a clash of the big guys, but... Too soon, maybe, for Lee to put him up there. Mr. Lars, he was a, supposed to get a push. Supposed to. We'll get into <laughs> but, that. But that's a whole, that's a whole other topic. Well, yeah, no. That is the topic, man. Uh, we were talking about... On the topic, Legends topic today, we're going to talk about how what causes a push to be stopped. Uh, does, you know, because a lot of people have started, you know, getting on the rise and then all of a sudden they do something stupid or something gets dug up that stops the push. Uh, Case in point, Jack Swagger was on his way up. He gets a DUI right before WrestleMania. And that was WrestleMania weekend. Oh, you had... I was really pulling for him. I was really pulling for him in that match. But, uh, yeah, I think something like that... Jeff Hardy's about to be the face of TNA... He comes out to his match high. Yeah, I think stuff like that should definitely uh, decline a push. 
Or like if you commit a crime or something, like that should decline. If you get injured, I don't think we're talking about this, but if you get injured, injured. that'll definitely decline a push. Thank because you right now. what happens when you come back and if you can't get the same momentum? Okay, but here's the thing with Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan. There's this group on the, it's on the internet, uh, I think it's Ringside News or something, but over the over the last couple of days, like it wasn't the last couple of days, but over the time of two days, I think they posted like eight articles, each one saying something derogatory about Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan's a racist, Lars Sullivan's homophobic, Lars Sullivan said this about Jeff Hardy, Lars Sullivan says that CM Punk's a prick and overrated, yeah. and all this yeah. other stuff. So does that, I mean, when people start getting on the internet and digging up things from 2006 yeah when he was 14 years old does mm-hmm. that is that supposed to stop your push I guess that remains to be seen I always think it matters the, the who the what and the where obviously and then Vince's opinion and for this one we just don't know yet because I think the most recent stuff I saw was 2011 and yes he had mm-hmm. some outspoken stuff so We'll, we'll know tomorrow night or all because they played the Big Men in Survivor Series. They played it again on Raw and SmackDown. If we see his Big Men again tomorrow in Raw, I think we're in good shape. But if you watch Raw tomorrow and you do not see that Lars promo video, that, that could be very telling. And not only that, like, he did just come out and, and say that he's ready to fight for the NXT belt. But, you know, NXT's taped, like, a month or so in advance. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a couple other instances where people were, were on the way to the roster, Rude included, who still came back and did like a title match in NXT yeah. or a send-off or something like that. And so we'll, we'll see if that's the case with Sullivan or not. Okay, now, okay, here's my, here's my take on this. If what they're saying about him is true, you know, he says the racist things, he says the homophobic things, okay, that's one thing. That's obviously very horrible, and I do not condone, condone those actions. But even even if it's true, if or not, I mean, I just feel like this is kind of almost a vendetta, really. Like I don't know what he did to the people on that page, but they I thought they were just digging up a lot of stuff from this old web board he used to use, like two thousand eleven, like digging things up. And you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that this came up right as he's supposed to be moving up to the main roster. Yeah, it could be. I mean the. It, it does matter what you say. When you say stupid stuff, it's going to get brought up eventually. Nothing yeah. on the internet ever dies. True. You know what I mean? When you put something out there, it's going to be around forever. It's going to be in some mega board somewhere forever. So you always are supposed to watch what you say. If you're going to say something, you got to stand behind your words and what you mean. But I haven't seen any of those actions in WWE. I mean, he's faced off against black opponents and stuff, and he hasn't hurt anybody or done anything terrible to anyone or, you know. And also, like, how how can you, you know, blame someone for what they did when they were 12, 13, 14, 15 years old? Uh, he wasn't that young. I think he, they said he was like 23 at this point. But, uh, yeah, I get your point, though. I mean, it was a long time ago, and people do change sometimes, And I think. Nowadays, I don't think the world even wants you to change. They don't allow you to change because they keep bringing up shit you've already done. Yeah. That's a true story. And I don't think it has a lot to do, too, with what can you do for me now. I mean, let's take Hogan in China, for example. China... She's done. She's gone. She's out of the program. She's probably not coming back. They don't need anything. China's dead. She's not going to sell any more tickets. 
But now she can't get in the Hall of Fame because when people Google her name, just find out about the Hall of Fame, they don't want the videos coming up. But yet Hogan, who still could potentially offer something like an appearance in Saudi Arabia or a nostalgic fan ticket or something like that, take a little time off and still be welcomed back. So I think if Lars was nobody, you know, we might be getting that. But if they truly have him in line for a push, maybe they'll look over this. But again, I guess yeah. I will tell them that. I completely overlooked that. Like, if you can't do anything for the business, then what do they owe you? Yeah, right. you know, you're right. You know, like, okay, it's one thing, you know, if if this, if this happens and you're not on your way up, then, you know, things will probably, you'll probably fall through the cracks. But if you are, then, I don't because know. Because a person like Titus O'Neil was up there. Oh, and Lord. all he did was right. put his hands that on this man. That still irritates me. And I was doing Black History Month too art. <laughs> you remember that? I like remember all he that. was doing is saying, you know, let's let the lady move first. But because you touch the boss, you get a you get a month suspension. Like and your push completely gone. Out of there. Completely gone because Titus was coming up at the time. He was mm-hmm. building. You know, he had just got off of being tag champs with Darren Young after he retired. Mm-hmm. He was building Titus Worldwide, and he was coming up. And it's not like Titus is a troublemaker or something. You know, it's not like he's a bad guy. I mean, he does more he charity. He does charity, and he does stuff. He's a really good person, like, at least as far as what we could see. And uh, Yeah, in the public guy, they got him doing good, positive stuff. That's true, yeah. Yeah. And he was quite outspoken about the whole Hogan stuff, too. They had that rubbed him the wrong way, as it should. As it should, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Right. And so I guess the question now is how much public backlash do they anticipate from someone like a Lars Sullivan who's still new on the team with comments of old affecting stuff like ticket sales or merchandise sales and stuff like that. If they think it's great, I think they'll act. If they think it's going to be minimal, I don't think they pull these opinions because they just started advertising. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. Only time will tell because... Right, we got to wait to see what's true. And we got to wait to see what they'll do about it. And basically, like, we don't know if it's a serious offense from something, you know, because mm-hmm. WWE is pretty strict on their rules. I dude. mean, it's just speculation at this point, though, yeah, I think. It, it, yeah. it has to be. I mean, really, how much of the Internet do they go off of? Right. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. The WWE Network is complete Internet. Mm-hmm. So in order for people to know Lars Sullivan... They're going to have to look him up. Right. You know what I'm saying? And if you're going to find some stuff in his past, then mm-hmm. how would they act on it? Yeah. Yeah, somebody went out of their way. Because, again, yeah, this isn't necessarily a household name. I was going to say, somebody I think... Had, somebody had intentions here, had he? He's gonna... new. He's only been around for less than a, maybe right. a year. And it's not like if you Google his name, that stuff will come up. Now, I think uh, that, that, that took some no, serious that's, yeah. digging. That's, that's probably not even his real name. Everybody uses a wrestling name. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's not. Yeah. yeah, it's not his real name. So in order for you to... If you Google Lars Sullivan, the WWE stuff is going to come up. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. So somebody has to have a personal vendetta or really wanted to know something about this guy. Yeah, I think that I'm leaning, kind of leaning towards that. Because there are a lot of things that stop push. I haven't known internet articles to be one of them. I mean, those things work, you know, if they come out to be true. Well, who, who name one that has? I mean, the thing with Enzo may not have been true, but it did stop its push, though. 
Yeah, that that is and got him. He damn. apparently had enough other heat, you know. It kept piling on. He had problems yeah. with his back. He was talking a lot. He didn't kick off the buses, kicked out of locker rooms. So it became like a last straw kind of thing. If this yeah. truly is like a first strike against Lars, I can't see it keeping them down. You know how Vince likes his big men. Yeah, yeah, and Lars. Something tells me a little moving to SmackDown too to not put him opposite Braun Strowman on Raw. That's just my initial inclination. Yeah, I would hope that that would happen because I don't want a monster like Lars Sullivan because I'm finally believing him, and I don't want a monster like Lars to be stopped in his tracks by something stupid like Finn Balor. Oh Lord! All right, here you go with the Balor thing again. Does it have to be every week? Why don't you just Why don't you just start the show with the next week, huh? Finn Balor should be on two hundred five live or something like that. <laughs> he should, and then then we'll he get into should. the intro. But thanks to people like you, he's not because you think he'll be out wrestled. I honestly, truly, I believe that. Like I like Finn Balor, but I think they'll time up a knots down there. <laughs> See. <laughs> So he doesn't belong fighting Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre. Did, did you see the Mitch? Like the he was so small in the ring with those guys, man. They've always played off the willing suspension of disbelief. That's how you can get a Rey Mysterio over you know drop kicks to the knee of like a big show, dropping down to his legs right, and Ray, stuff like that. Ray, Ray, he doesn't, doesn't even drop, drop kick to the leg. Ray gets, gets away with it. Rey Mysterio will leg kick you a thousand times. I've watched MMA fights where leg kicks work every time. Mm-hmm. Finn Balor does not kick. He does not have any limb targeting. None. Uh, he does just kick. None. He's drop kicking you and kicking you in the stomach and stuff. And he's punching. Bro- he's punching Bobby Lashley in the chest. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? We get it, Art. We don't like him very much. I do like him. You, you can't say you like him very much. And all this time you've been on this show just dragging him down. Art, it's one or the other. He belongs with guys his size. Tell me his matches with those guys in NXT weren't the shit. They were. Hideo Hitami matches. And, like, he belongs with those type of guys. He doesn't belong... In the ring. Well, then why can't they just move the back down then? Did you really want to see Rey Mysterio and the Great Kali? No, I did not. But that's what you got, wasn't it? I didn't like the Great Kali anyway. I didn't want to see anybody. Did you really want to see Rey Mysterio versus the Big Show? Those matches could be late at times. They could. (laughs) But anyway, why don't we just move to SmackDown then? There's not very many big people over there. That'd be fine. Why don't we just make him? He'd work better on SmackDown. I think he would. He'd work better on SmackDown. Like, they're smaller, but they're not so, so much smaller to where, you know, they're they're not all mat wrestlers and high flyers and all this other stuff. Because he's fine down there in a cruiserweight division. let's, Let's be honest. Finn Balor was... Like at the top of his game, all while he was doing the demon persona and all that stuff, he was the first Universal Champ when he was fighting smaller guys like Seth Rollins mm-hmm. and KO can move with him yeah. and stuff like that. He was like at the top at that point. Jericho was around, and the push stopped when he got injured. Right? I think so. Right. But he was supposed to come back on fire, but he didn't. And he and he didn't. What happened? I don't know. I well, told you, Art. Maybe yeah, injury, injuries kill pushes. Injuries kill pushes, Art. That's ask Carl Kohali. I think as he was going, as he was gone from the injury, 
like the game switched up where Roman was like the man in charge and Brock Lesnar came back and Braun Strowman was getting put. All these huge guys are there now and he just doesn't seem... Yeah, you can't really book them the same way you used to book them no, down there yeah, in NXT. It's not believable to have them in that, in that particular title picture. But there is a place for him on Raw. But I wish they'd stop having to mix it up yeah, with the Lashleys of the world, with the McIntyres and stuff. Again, That's what I'm saying. You can't sell the idea that he, he, he can be competitive in that match, but you can only ride that so long. Right. Yeah, that goes to my point of pushes being stopped. Like, he got injured and the whole game changed on exactly. him. Exactly. Yeah. When he gets back, it's like just not really a place for him anymore. Not at the top. Yeah, at least. Maybe they can get him in that IC picture by the time they're done with uh, Ambrose and Rollins. Yeah, I that think that would, that would work. See, that would be a better option. Yeah. You know, there are more him and workhorses. Yeah, there are yeah, more they, workhorses they have better matches. in that division. Instead, they're still trying to book him as a potential universal champion challenger. Mm-hmm. And it's not yeah, working. It's not realistic right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just not working. Becky Lynch got hit in the eye, and she, her shit's crushed. What's going to happen to the women's title? I don't know. Like, we haven't heard any news of that at all. Like, are they going to vacate it, or is she, she going to be back soon enough to defend it? We don't know. Yeah, I haven't heard a timetable yet. So I we'll hope see. she gets but back in enough popular. time to she's defend it. She's ever popular, even being out injured. She's even more popular now. That only made her even more popular. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Because... That's why that's why I can't really agree that injuries stop pushes because some injuries make people more popular. I mean, that seems to be the case of Lynch right now. Yeah. When Sean hurt his knee and lost his smile, it made him more popular. Yeah. When yeah. Austin broke his neck, it made him more popular. He did. Becky getting punched in the face made her more popular. Finn Balor stopped. Is it just inconsistency on the part of the bookers there on Raw then for them to be able to sell a champ as Universal Champ and then a year later not? I mean, we got Brock Lesnar as champ again. And I don't think Lesnar and Balor would be a good match. No way. I don't think. I mean, well, again, we said it earlier. Lesnar has a way of working with those smaller dudes that actually works right now. I think it probably would be one of Lesnar's better matches. The whole suplexes thing? I think Finn Balor could really take a beating, and I think that his comeback moment would be lit. Yeah. But I don't think it'll be believable that he could beat anybody. I can't even believe that he can beat any half the people on Raw. I think, as I said, I think he'd be better off on SmackDown. That's just my opinion. I'm just saying. The pushes have its way of coming and going. It does. So it, That's true. it That's has true to it has to be booked right, and we have to want to see him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, wind this thing down. Gonna tell him where to reach you at. Uh, Matt Lindsay on Facebook. Matthew Lindsay uh, six seventy seven on Instagram. I got <laughs> it. I still have it. Tell him where to reach you. Guest. Oh, same thing. Anthony Nichols, Facebook. I'm on there. Message me. Inbox me. I got to say, Gunner, yes, the intro's getting better, brother. Thank you very much. You see? (laughs) You see? He appreciates my intros. You say so. (laughs) A-R-T-D-A-W-G. Artdog1 on Instagram. Artdog3 on Twitter. And Arthur Quinn on Facebook. I'm a family man. 
Oh, should we bring up uh, our mother's birthday here? Happy birthday. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to my wifey. And my mother. You already know. Happy birthday. First lady of the Sons of Legends. First lady of the Sons. All right. You know. Uh, Thank y'all for listening to this episode of the Sons of Legends. Y'all know y'all can find us Spotify, uh, iTunes, anywhere you can uh, get podcasts. Uh, Our email. Yeah. Message us at the Sons of Legends 21 at gmail.com. If you want to send us a letter or anything, hit us up. You know, we can talk about anything y'all want to talk about. Yep. All right. All right, y'all. That's the show. Holler back at us. So long.